0: Welcome to Kramer Says. Kramer Says. Be part of the show at KramerSays.com. Interact on Twitter at KramerSEZ now. Kramer says
1: "Welcome to the show. It is Thursday, July 7th. My name is Kramer. This is the Kramer says podcast. And um, it looks like we've got good news for, for 2024. I don't know if you've seen this yet, but if you go check out on the, uh, the gateway pundit, there's a story at the top of the page, uh, headlines ringing, uh, reading it's happening. He's back. And what it showcases is uh, Trump's new plane, Trump's new plane, um, paint job, they they did a complete video of it. They show everything about the plane, and 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 it doesn't seem like much initially that he's just getting his plane repainted, normal, uh, until you see the closing scene. And in the closing scene, what you see is a number of Trump twenty twenty four flags waving in the background behind Landlocked Aviation Services logo. Which is interesting. Uh, What a subtle way of saying that we're back. So if you're waiting for Trump to announce, it looks like they've already, um, they've SCOTUS leaked it. They've already told us. Uh, Trump is coming back in 2024. Uh, yes, he's going to be divisive. Yes, it's going to be a, a big blow up. And, and and that's what the Democrats don't want. That's what the January 6th hearings are all about. This kangaroo court is not to find out about what happened on January 6th. They couldn't give two shits what happened on January 6th. In fact, they know what happened on January 6th. Because they're the ones that didn't call in the, the National Guard. They had it available to them. Trump had made that available to Nancy Pelosi, and she said no. He had made it available to the the mayor of D.C. She said no. So this is a ruse. It's nothing more. This, This January 6th hearing is nothing more than to try to get Trump indicted on something so he can't run in 2024. They want him to be a felon so that he can't run in 2024 because they know the danger of him running in 2024. So that's why we keep here's the thing folks and I I've talked about it a couple of times and today we're going to get into it a little bit deeper because um Based on the findings that we have, based on our research, and I know everybody says, "Well, are you doing research, guys?" We really do research. <laughs> it's it's not just looking at a couple you know headlines and saying, "Okay, well, we're gonna we're gonna make this assumption." It's 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 making tons of assumptions based on all of the data. What I mean by that is, is we've got big things happening not only here in this country but around the world that are going to affect how we eat. And I know you don't think that that has anything to do with elections, but it does. If gas prices are enough, if high gas prices are enough to get people to say, listen, I'm abandoning my party, I'm going to go to the other party because they got it. They understand what low gas prices do for me, so I'm going to go over there and vote for them. Or I'm just not going to vote for my guy. I'm not going to vote for my side. Let's let the other side come back up and let's get these gas prices down. If you think that people vote like that for gas, imagine what they vote for when food is in short supply. And that's where we're at. You know it. You've seen it. You've seen the stores. And you've heard the stories about the food processing plants, not just in this country, but around the world that are being destroyed. And then you hear about this story. We are not slaves. We're former farmers. Polish and Italian farmers rise up against government elites, destroying their family businesses. Basically, what's happening is the governments in these countries are coming in and saying, you no longer have the right to manage your farms or do your farms, the government will now do that from this point on. Or large corporations will do it. And we're going to dictate how they can farm and what chemicals they can use. But you lose the right to do that because the government's going to take that over. We're going to do that. How do you think that's going to play here in this country? We saw what happened when the Fed dropped in on the Bundy Ranch out west. What do you think is going to happen when they drop into, oh, I don't know, North Carolina, South Carolina, North Dakota, South Dakota, when they jump into Nevada, or they jump into California and they say, we're going to take over the farms because you can't do it right. You're using way too many nitrates, and we don't want that anymore. We don't want that in our streams. So we're going to take that in and we're going to do it. Have you seen anything that the government has taken over and actually done better? What have they done and done better? We saw what happened when China did this. We saw what happened when Russia did this. You can see what the effect of it right now. People are still living through the effect of it in Venezuela. When the government comes in and takes things over, it rarely makes them better. I think that uh, Ronald Reagan said the, the scariest words on the planet is, I'm, I'm, here, I'm, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. Top-down mentality doesn't work. And if you're a big fan of big government, go knock yourself out. You'll just prove it to yourself. It may take some time, but what you'll finally realize is that big government doesn't work. And, and, and then when I say that, people go, well, Kramer, how can you prove it? I can prove it one way. Let me make the decisions for what you do in your household. Let me make those decisions. I'm better educated. I'm smarter. I'm richer. My, my family has a legacy in this country. And, and you should listen to me because, well, I'm just smarter than you are. I'll determine what, what you buy and what you don't buy, what you can have, what you can't have because I'm smarter than you are. That's the core of it, folks. If you won't let me do that, if you won't let me make your decisions, your personal decisions on a daily basis about how you live your life, why would you allow the government, someone you don't even know, someone you've never even talked to or listened to, why would you allow them to make those or decisions for you? Doesn't make sense, does it? But that's what they want. They want a top-down mentality as opposed to a bottom-up mentality. Bottom-up mentality says you make the decisions. Now, here's, here's the issue that comes into play. And this is why some people do like, this is why some people do like government intervention. Because when you make the decision and you screw up, you personally have to pay the price. You see, that's what comes with individual freedom Individual responsibility. You have to pay for your mistakes. You. Not me, not your neighbors, nobody else. You. Now those who want big government say, okay, well, here's the deal. If if I if I don't get to make any of my own decisions and somebody else is making those decisions for me, then they're responsible for those decisions. And if they're taking care of me, if they're making sure that I have food and a home, then what do I care? That's the mentality of the left. That's the mentality of those who want to be ruled. They don't want to make their own decisions. They definitely don't want to pay the price for it. They want you to pick up that tab. They want you to pick up the tab for their bad decisions. It's your fault. You have to pay. (laughs) I mean, I love the T-shirt. I don't know if you've seen it before or not, but it says, (laughs) it's not my fault you left me unsupervised. That's how I feel about the majority of Americans these days. We've got 47% of the people in this country that don't pay taxes in any way, shape, or form, but they receive the benefits. 47%. 47%. Nearly half of the citizens of this country Receive benefits. They receive the, the sweat of someone else's brow. Money taken out of someone else's pocket, they get it. So they don't have to work. So they don't have to do anything. They don't have to, to be a participant in society or culture. They just get to go along and, and do whatever the fuck they want. Now, I'm, I'm in support of helping those who can't help themselves. But we have far too many people, able-bodied. All races, all religions, all creeds all sexualities, all genders, <laughs> that are doing it. It's not specific to one group of people or not, unless the group you're talking about are those who refuse to, to, to be a part of society, to do their part, to pay their fair share. I'm tired of paying my fair share and it going to someone else who doesn't pay a fucking dime. How about you? Are you tired of that? I know I am. Tired of seeing it happen. And then told that that the reason that they're poor is because it's my fault. I did something to them. I didn't do anything to them. Did you? I didn't. But because of that, we're having these issues. Again, we are not slaves. We are farmers. This is what the Italians and the Poles are saying right now. They're saying that we don't want the government to destroy our family businesses. We want to continue doing this. We want control of our livelihoods. But the government in those countries are saying, no, you can't. And, and, and look at what's happening right now. If you don't think that this is being arranged in this country right now today, you're not paying attention. People like Bill Gates and the Chinese are buying up farmland across this country at breakneck speed. They know the plan. They know the agenda. They're getting ready for it. They're putting their people in place. And at one point in this country, someone's going to come forward in Congress or in the Senate and say, we have to get control of our food supply. We can't trust these individual farmers. The government's going to take it over. And guess who will be in place with big corporate farms to do that? That's how it works, folks. Do you know why you have to wear a bike helmet on a motorcycle in some states? Yeah, because the motorcycle helmet people formed a lobbying group and they went and petitioned the, the, the government to make it mandatory that you had to buy their product. Car seat manufacturers did the exact same thing. Insurance companies did the exact same thing with seat belts. It's all for your safety. It's all for your safety. One little right at a time. I have the right to live my life Unsafe. You don't have the right to tell me how I live my life. If I want to choose to do something that doesn't harm anyone but myself, that should be my choice. Otherwise, you're a slave. That's what the Poles and the Italians are saying. Farmers in the Netherlands blocked supermarket distribution hubs on Monday, July 4th. The farmers are outwaged, outraged over new government regulations that force them to reduce their nitrogen fertilizer compounds and limit their number of livestock. The farmers argue that these policies will bankrupt their family businesses. That's what the government says. Reductions are necessary in emissions of nitrogen oxides for farm and animal, from farm and animal manure and from the use of ammonia in fertilizer, the government says, estimating a 30% reduction in the number of livestock is needed. They want to reduce the livestock on these farms by 30% at a time when beef prices across the planet are at all-time highs. If you don't think they're trying to put this into their hands where they control it, you're being childishly naive. And they'll they'll come up with any reason, and there's a group of people that'll buy into it because, well, yeah, we've we've got to save the planet. We've got to say that well, it might it might mean your starvation. Perfect. I don't need to be here anyway. That's the mentality of the left, but that's not what they say. What they do is they say, you know what? They don't need to be here. We don't need them around. I'm smart enough. I'm smart. They're dumb. That's the way they think. And so they think that they have the right to exist and you don't. What America, what the planet right now is facing is no different Then then what's happening in Israel and what's happened in Israel since their formation in 1948, there's another group of people on the planet that don't believe that they, those people, the Jews, have the right to exist as humans on the face of this earth. They say they don't have the right to exist. That's exactly what the left is doing today. That's the narrative. If you listen to the hyperbole from the left, that's exactly what they're saying today. You don't have the right to say something that I disagree with. You don't have the right to go here or go there because you didn't take the same medication that I took. You see it? If you think that it's going to get better by allowing these people to stay in office, you're insane. You're crazy. And when I say these people, I mean the left and the right. Because the people that we've elected on the right to represent us aren't doing the goddamn job. They're not defending our rights. They're not standing up for us. They're enriching themselves, their friends, and their family. That's what they're doing. Are you tired of it? I'm tired of it. Now, term limits aren't gonna work. You think, well, we gotta term limit these motherfuckers. Nope, you can't term limit them. They're not gonna do it. You see, that's something that they have to pass themselves. That'd be like slicing, slitting their own throats. They're not gonna do it. So you have to use the term limits that we already have in place. They're called elections. That's how you get out from underneath this. And that's what's going on right now with what Tucker Carlson talked about, I believe, last night on his show. He's calling for the impeachment of Joe Biden because Joe Biden is destroying
0: America. Good evening and welcome to Tucker Carlson's Unhappy Wednesday. Just a quick recap on the never changing rules of the world. The three things that any functioning country must have an ample supply are food, water, and energy. Those are the fundamental necessities of life not diversity equity and inclusion food water and energy if you have a surplus of food water and energy you win if you don't you lose now that may sound unfair but we did not make the rules nature did we can choose to ignore them but those rules will never change sorry thankfully for americans we live in a country that is remarkably abundant in all three of those things the u.s has the most fertile farmland in the world we've got more potable fresh water than virtually any other place And critically, and rarest of all, America has the largest recoverable oil reserves on the planet. We are number one in that category, and that matters maybe more than anything. Now, they may be telling you on CNN that so-called renewable energy, windmills and solar panels, are about to power the world. But that's absurd, and no one corrects them, and somebody should, because a lot is at stake. If your nine-year-old starts telling you, I'm like Superman, you have to correct him before he jumps off the garage. The stakes are high. So it is incumbent on the rest of us to point out the people telling you that have no idea what they're talking about. We are not remotely close to a green energy power grid or anything even approaching it. In fact, as of today, the world is powered as it has long been by fossil fuels. Fossil fuels, that's where more than 80% of global energy comes from. Not from windmills and solar panels, from oil and gas and coal. And that is not going to change soon. In fact, The world's fastest growing economies, that would be India and China, are using more fossil fuels than ever, not less. So why is every person in charge, from the people who make the ads at Nike, to the energy secretary, to the president of the United States, to every anchor on every channel on television telling you exactly the opposite? We'll give them the benefit of the doubt. At best, they are ignorant. They are not engineers. They are politicians and ideologues. They're the ones telling you that boys can become girls just by wishing it so. And they've commanded the rest of us to believe that. But unfortunately for them, the principles of social justice do not apply to power grids. You can't just rename them and get something different. No, you have to create new and better power grids. And we are nowhere near that. And we will not be anywhere near that during the course of our lifetimes. Sorry, that's reality. And you cannot yell loud enough to make it change. For the foreseeable future, oil and gas are essential to civilization in an utterly non-negotiable way. And that should be great news for America because here in the United States, we have a lot. We are rich because we are rich in natural resources. That's why we won the Second World War, for example. When previous generations said, as they often did, that God has blessed our country, this is what they were talking about. Yet suddenly, strangely, the United States is suddenly experiencing shortages of both food and energy. And that's why prices of these things have risen, because we don't have enough of them. How did that happen? You should know if you care about the future of America, your children's future, you need to know how this happened. Well, Joe Biden offered his explanation of how it happened today at an event in Ohio, watch.
2: We made incredible progress on the economy from where we were a year and a half ago. We got a long way to go because of inflation, because of the, I call it the Putin, tax increase Putin because of gasoline and all that grain he's keeping from being able to get to the market
0: it's just embarrassing it's grotesque actually and at this point it's dangerous and no one believes a word of it because it's provably untrue and we feel since this is a news network a moral responsibility to prove that it's untrue so here we go
1: i'm gonna play this entire clip because i think it's so powerful that you've got to hear the entire thing what tucker carlson is about to say will hopefully open your eyes about what's to come next what we can expect because what's happening here in this country isn't just happening here in this country. It's a global phenomena. So the information that I'm giving you about what's happening in Italy and what's happening in the Netherlands, where the, the government is, is locking down on farmers, being able to produce their own foods and putting in such uh, stringent rules that it makes it impossible for them to make a living. They'll turn that over. My, my theory is they're going to turn this over to private entity, private companies that are in bed with the government Right? It's everything that we've talked about with fascism. Everything that they're talking about is exactly what Hitler did. Exactly what Mussolini did. They worked hand-in-hand with telecommunications or the media. They worked hand-in-hand with, with produ- production or manufacturing. The same thing's happening today. We've seen it for a long time. The government, especially the left. The right does it as well, but the left is really good at it. In that they pick winners and losers, Solyndra is a great example of the Obama administration and what they did. They're trying to do the exact same thing again. They want billions of dollars. It's going to enrich people. The, the, the technology will fail, and then they'll move on. Why? Because it's a top-down mentality. What Tucker here, what Tucker is about to say here is so powerful that I'm going to let the uh, the rest of it run without interruption. I want you to listen closely because this might be the most important information that you've heard in the last two years.
0: Months before the war in Ukraine began, and somehow Vladimir Putin secretly seized control of gas prices in the United States. How did he do that? Before any of that happened, the magic happened. Sober People, a petroleum analysis firm called GasBuddy, decided to do a simple calculation. They wanted to put rising gas prices in context. Here's what they did. Math. They determined every year over year price change in gasoline prices in the United States going back to 2002. 20 years. And they found this. From November of 2020 to November of 2021, that would be roughly from election day to the end of Joe Biden's first year running the country, gas prices in the United States went up by more than 66%. That was the single highest year-over-year increase since 2002, which happens to be the year that government started tracking those data. Now, this happened before Russia invaded Ukraine. Why did it happen? Super simple. Joe Biden on the campaign trail told us he was like Superman. And then he proceeded to jump off the garage. He told us he was going to end fossil fuels. And because no one took him seriously, because he's senile and wasn't actually going to win, no one followed up with, what are you insane? How are you going to do that? And so he kept going and then he became president somehow. And then he followed through on that promise. He canceled pipelines. He terminated oil and gas leases. He rejoined the Paris Climate Agreement without explaining why we should. And by the way, If the climate is such a crisis, an existential crisis, and China and India are using more fossil fuels than they did 10 years ago and nobody says anything about it, maybe they're not really sincere about this global warming thing. And then on top of all of that, Joe Biden pumped trillions more dollars into the U.S. economy, thereby devaluing the U.S. dollar, making everything, including energy, more expensive. You know what happened. That's all true. And it was done on purpose. It was done to change our energy supply from what is cheap, efficient, and the source of all of our wealth to something that Biden and his donors control, the green economy that will make us poor and that is in fact causing famine around the world right now. So that's what happened. As a political matter, since this is still sort of a democracy, it happened way too fast and scared the hell out of people, and polls showed that. Democrats and Republicans, no matter who they voted for, were worried above all about rising energy prices because it hurt them directly every single day. And by the time Vladimir Putin invaded Ukraine, the Biden administration had found a scapegoat. Maybe that's why they encouraged him to do it in the first place, which they did. So Joe Biden started yelling, it's Putin's price, like Putin did it. But that's so dumb. It's so provably untrue that no one believed it. Even people who wanted to believe it, people who voted for Biden, who want windmills and solar farms, they couldn't believe it because it's absurd. And in an election year, that's a huge problem. So the administration had to do something. That's why in late March, in an act of desperation, Biden did maybe the worst thing that he has done since becoming president. And that's saying a lot. He started to sell off one of this country's most important natural resources, one of our most valuable assets. It's called the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, the SPR. It's controlled by the Department of Energy. So what Biden could have done is produce more oil domestically. But that would have been too easy and too good for the United States and its long-term interests. Instead, he decided to do something so crazy and so dangerous that only someone who was intentionally trying to harm the United States would even consider it. But most people never even noticed. Here was his announcement in case you missed it.
2: Today, I want to talk about one aspect of Putin's war that affects and has real effects on American people. Putin's price hike that Americans and our allies are feeling at the pump. I know how much it hurts. Our prices are rising because of Putin's action. There isn't enough supply. And the bottom line is, if we want lower gas prices, we need to have... a more oil supply right now today i'm authorizing the release of one million barrels per day for the next six months over 180 million barrels for the strategic from the from the strategic petroleum reserve this is a wartime bridge to increase oil supply until production ramps up later this year and it is by far the largest release of our net of our national reserve in our history
0: so you watch that and you realize really the whole point of the Joe Biden presidency is to humiliate the rest of us and think less of our own country, the place where we were born. You can just imagine Barack Obama and Susan Rice and Ron Klain, people who truly dislike the United States as currently constituted, saying, let's make this guy president. That'll grind it in their face, a guy who can barely talk. So it's hard to hear anything Joe Biden says because it's hard for him to say anything. But if you listen carefully or read a transcript, you will learn what he just said is that we're releasing a million barrels per day for a total of more than 180 million barrels from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, which is held in caverns in a couple of states. How much is that? It's a staggering figure. So let's put it in context. The Reserve can hold more than 700 million barrels total, but it didn't have that because Congress, by the way, as you haven't been paying attention, has been selling off our Strategic Petroleum Reserve to pay off debt. So by the time Joe Biden arrived, there was far less than that. There was about 568 million barrels of oil in the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. Now, no president in American history has ordered a drawdown this large. In 1991, at the beginning of Operation Desert Storm, which was an actual war with real American soldiers involved, the U.S. government released 17 million barrels of oil as a way of assuring a stable supply of global crude. The U.S. released just 20 million barrels after Hurricane Katrina destroyed parts of the Gulf Coast where so many refineries are. But now we're releasing many times that figure from the reserve, all to protect the Democratic Party from getting what it deserves in the midterm elections in November. And as a result of that unbelievably reckless, in fact, criminal decision, our strategic oil reserves are now at their lowest level in nearly 40 years, and they are dropping fast. Again, none of this needed to happen. There was no reason to tap our strategic petroleum reserve when we could produce the energy here. And we're in fact producing it until Joe Biden took office. But at the same time, you have to be honest, principles of supply and demand would suggest that this would work in the short term. Releasing all this oil should have lowered gas prices until the reserve ran out, which it will. So you inject more petroleum into the market and prices for gas should drop. But here's the amazing thing. That's not happening. Since Joe Biden started releasing all this oil from our reserves, which he does not own, you do, we do, what has happened to gas prices? They haven't dropped. They've kept going up. Huh? In mid-June, the price of both regular unleaded and diesel, critically, hit all-time highs, well over 5 bucks a gallon nationally. How could this be? It really was a mystery. It violated the most basic rules of economics. But now, thanks to a new report in Reuters, we know why. It turns out the oil being released isn't for us. It's going to India and China. According to Reuters, and we're quoting, more than 5 million barrels of oil that were part of a historic U.S. emergency reserve release to lower domestic fuel prices were exported to Europe and Asia last month. The piece continues, quote, cargo of SPR crude oil from our reserves were also headed to the Netherlands into a Reliance refinery in India, an industry source said. A third cargo, buckle your seatbelt, headed to China. To China. So as gas prices set records in this country, as American citizens who are born here and vote and pay taxes cannot afford to fuel their own cars, the Biden administration is selling off our emergency oil reserves to China. (sighs) That's not an indictable offense. It's certainly an impeachable one. And they should impeach him for that. Are they going to sell the redwood forest to China next? How about the water rights to the Great Lakes? That's the equivalent of what he just did. Now, if you're keeping track, they didn't even need it. China and India already have access to very cheap oil from Russia. Why? Thanks to the Biden administration's lunatic ban on Russian oil imports. For moral reasons, it was a moral victory. The people of Ukraine, remember that? Zelensky. He was George Washington, said George W. Bush. He wouldn't know George Washington if he got in the shower with him. According to customs data, China spent $19 billion on Russian oil, gas, and coal earlier this year. That's double the amount they spent over the same period last year. India spent $5 billion on Russian oil. That's up five times from what they spent a year ago. So we just made Russia a ton of money. That's why the ruble is so strong as the dollar is getting weaker. Russia has raked in $13 billion in additional revenue from India and China compared to the same period last year. Following all this? This is how we're punishing our enemies? By selling off? our own most valuable assets and watching Russia and India and, my God, China get richer? Now, on top of all of that cheap Russian oil, China is getting petroleum from our emergency petroleum reserves. The crude, by the way, in the SPR is the best crude that we have. It's called medium sour crude. It's the easiest to process. And we're giving it away to a government whose whole goal is to displace us on the global stage and crush us. The Chinese will be cruel masters when they run the world. They're not like us at all. By the way, that country, China, also happens to be a longtime business partner of the Biden family. Do you hear that? That right there is where we are. That right
1: there is where our country stands right now. We have a family, in fact, a group of families, that are handing off our resources to the rest of the planet for whatever reason, most likely financial gain, and they don't care. They have they 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 couldn't care less about how you feed your family or how you get to and from work or if you're going to be able to go on vacation or go visit your mother-in-law or miss, visit your father. They don't care. When will you get that through your heads? They don't care. They say they do, but they don't. Do you know how I know? Because gas is 5 dollars a gallon and they're giving away our fuel to our enemies. To those around the planet who are not abiding by the same rules that they want us to abide by. As India and China continue to increase the use of fossil fuels, our idiots are saying we have to stop. We have to diminish our strength on the planet. Do you know why we have to diminish our strength on the planet? Because the globalists don't want us to be as powerful as we are. They want to take over the entire planet and then utilize these resources in America the way they see fit. To make them richer, to enrich them and their families and their minions and their lackeys. If you don't wake up, folks, and stop looking into these phones and listening to podcasts, I if you would get off your feet and take action and never listen to my podcast or watch my videos or listen to me again, mission accomplished. But it's easier to listen than take action. My dad was a minister. And um, one of the most, the funniest things that I saw as a kid as, as, as him being a minister that, that really, um, trying to think of the best way to put this, um, that really made me see people for who they are and what they are is when my dad would get up in the pulpit and he would, tell, he would tell the congregation things that were going wrong in the church. How the church, that individual church was not abiding by the guidelines, by God's rule, by God's law. And how they, had to, how they had to do better. Congregation doesn't like hearing that. Congregation doesn't like hearing how they're screwing up. And how they're not living according to God's law. Same thing happens with conservatives. When you tell them they got to get off your, their ass. Well, I, I've, got so much, I've got so much. We've all got shit going on in our lives, pal. We've all got shit going on in our lives. That's why we're in the situation we're in. Because we didn't keep our eye on the ball. We didn't keep our eye on the thieves, the wolves. Those who told us they would represent us and went in stole from us. We didn't keep our eye on them. We've been lazy and now we're paying the price. And by the way, it's not just us. It was our parents and grandparents. They were part of that too. They just let this go to hell as well because somebody else was gonna take care of it for them. Somebody else was gonna go fight for them. And they didn't make sure that that someone that they hired was actually capable or willing to do the job. So here's where we find ourselves. If you want change in this country, if you want to take your country back, that's what you have to do and you've got to get off these fucking apps. You've got to get your face out of your goddamn phone. you got to get off the TV. What you've got to do is you've got to get into the streets. That's how we take our country back. Do you think that the left, do you think the left would have been nearly as successful as they've been in getting what they wanted to get done if they hadn't taken to the streets? Do you think that they would have gotten it if they'd stayed on their couches? How many buildings have they burned down to get attention? How many times have they thrown a tantrum? We've done it one time. And then we all went back home and and everybody said the same thing. Don't do anything. Don't do anything. Don't take any action. Don't take to the streets because they'll use that as an excuse. Folks, they don't need an excuse. They're going to do what they're going to do. Did your parents need an excuse to do what they did when you were a child? No. No. If, if your parents decided that they were going to move, get a new job, get divorced, get a new house, go on vacation. Where do you go on vacation? I can guarantee you that they generally didn't ask you about your opinion about what they were going to do, what their plans were. And that's how these politicians, these world leaders look at you as little children. How do I know? I've been in those meetings. I've sat with them. As they talked about you and I, the constituents, how stupid we are, how gullible we are, how malleable we are. They can get us to do anything with the right news story. Yep. Meanwhile, the left is burning down cities getting their way. And you're sitting on your couch afraid that if you take action, somebody's going to come for you. They're coming for you already. That's what you don't understand. That's what you don't get. That's why I'm here. There's been some, uh, some uh, I've made, I've made a, little pe- a few people mad on social media by saying that there's no queue. There's no one coming to save you, folks. It's you. Do you think that there's a letter out there that's representing the left doing work behind the scenes? No, they get, to the, they get out into the streets. Am I advocating for violence? No. But violence is going to happen regardless of if I advocate for it or not. That's what people don't seem to understand. History shows us that. Folks, this isn't going to stop. It's going to keep building and building and building. America right now on the world stage is, is seen as a powder keg. There's a group on one side cheering for us to destroy each other. There's a group on the other side cheering for us to be the light, the beacon of freedom on the planet again. We are not that right now. Far too many people that, that came from countries like China, Venezuela, Cuba, those who, re, who repressed their people, who, who oppressed the masses... They came here for freedom, and they're saying, you guys are doing the exact same thing that I just escaped. And now, I think as Reagan said years ago, once we're gone, once that light goes out, once it goes poof, freedom on the planet is gone. The only thing that defends freedom is the Constitution. We defend freedom on the face of the earth, not going into other nations and forcing our ways upon them but by being the one place in the face of the earth that if you don't want to be where you are anymore, you've got a resource. You've got some place to go where you can live your life free. That is not America today. It's not. It's not the America that I grew up in. And some will say, well, that's because you're a racist and you're a xenophobe. No, that's not it. That's not it at all. You see, that's the standard comeback. Comeback calling someone a name. When you don't have an answer or solution, you call someone a name. I was in a conversation the other day with I was discussing the issue of Q and when I was saying, I said, okay, well, obviously, I don't understand what you understand. I don't understand what you know. Tell me what you know. Tell me why I should believe. Why should I believe what you believe? Tell me. And here's what they said. It cracks me up. If you don't get it, I can't explain it to you. Really? Doesn't sound like you know the subject matter all that well. Because if we, dis- if we discuss the Constitution, I can explain to people why our system is better than anybody else's on the face of the earth. The freedoms that were offered and given. If you ask me about the Second Amendment, I can explain it, what it means and why, and what those men were, were intending for the Second Amendment to be. The First Amendment, what those men intended for the, the First Amendment to be, and why. Not just what they intended, but why did they want this? It's because they had lived under tyranny, they recognized it for what it was. They had seen their loved ones dragged out of their homes, held in prisons without charges, without bail, for years on end. Sound familiar? Like the January 6th detainees being held in American gulags without charges, without bail, for over a year for trespassing. Does that sound like the America that you grew up in? Very concerned. We look, at the, we look at the election of 2020. Pennsylvania alone broke how many laws in that election? Well, it didn't affect the outcome. We don't know. It was done illegally. Does it matter? If it's done illegally, that's fraud. And fraud vitiates everything. Now, we know there was fraud across the board, but they broke the law. If you rob the bank and you get caught robbing the bank, do you get to keep the money? No, but they kept the votes and we don't know what happened. That was just Pennsylvania. There's five other battleground states that had the same kind of issue. They broke their laws. They didn't do things by the book. The same, the same politicians who will stand at the podium, will stand at the mic and scream that no one stands above the law will turn around and then say, well, it was an emergency. We, we had to break the law to get the election in. Folks, Here's the thing, Tucker Carlson puts it best. Biden needs to be impeached. They all need to be impeached. All these rhinos, all these Democrats, all of them, they do not have your best interest at heart. I talked to a a guy here recently and the conversation that we were having is that um, he's thinking about running for office and he asked me to come help him. And when he, he said one thing that said, okay, that's it. And I, 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 I went off on him. He said basically that times are hard in that uh, he's decided he's not going to reopen his business and that going into politics would just be the easiest way that he could go into politics and, uh, and, and end his career there and retire and, and have a good pension at the end of it. Does that piss you off? Pisses me off. I asked him specifically, that's a hard one to say for me, specifically. I asked him specifically, um, what his goals were, what, what did he want to achieve? And this is what really got me, said so to pay the mortgage. Folks, for a lot of our politicians, a lot of our bureaucrats, a lot of the people that we have um, putting their fingers into our daily lives, that's exactly what it is for them. They don't have a backbone, they don't have a spine, they don't have anything that they stand for. Which means they, they can fall for anything, they can be bought off, it's easy because they don't have anything that they stand by. If you don't take back your rights, they will keep taking them. You're giving them up, folks. They're not taking them, you're handing them over. When they say, we're going to do this, we're going to limit your rights here, and you get all pissed off and you go to social media and you say, that's not right! But you don't show up at their homes, you don't show up at the Capitol, You don't write them. You don't call them. You don't make social media posts about them. But more importantly, you don't show up. And then they say, okay, nobody showed up, so we're going to go from having 10 or 20, 30 rounds in a clip that you can only have 10. Okay, I've still got 10. Mm Mm-hmm. Today you do. But they'll take those two. Why? Because you won't show up. You won't play your part. There are some of you listening today that do. You know who you are and you know this message isn't for you. It's like my dad being in the pulpit. He always said, "You know who I'm preaching to." Same thing here. You know who you are. You know who's guilty of not doing anything and you know those of you who are doing something that are working behind the scenes to ensure that we do not do not have a repeat of 2022 or 2020 and 2022, you know who you are. You know this is my message isn't for you. It's for the others that expect you to do all the work for them. Don't complain to me about what's happening in this country if you won't take to the streets. Don't complain to me what's going on if you won't work behind the scenes. If you're not showing up, if you're not doing it, you have no voice. That's just like voting. They cheated the vote, folks. They cheated it, plain and simple. And the only way that we get this country back is to do what our founding fathers did. Now, you start, with, you start <laughs> with, with talk, but we're being censored. We're not being allowed to talk because they're afraid of this right here. They're afraid of you hearing this message, a message that tells you your rights are yours not because of a pe- piece of paper. The piece of paper just spells them out. These rights are yours because you're a human being on the face of the earth, excuse me, in particular, on this part of the earth, the ground that we're standing on right now, you have these rights specific to you, spelled out, and supposedly protected by the government, your fellow citizens. They're yours. They cannot be taken. They can only be given away. And you give them away by, by not showing up, by not making your voice heard to the people that matter, not your neighbor, not your mother-in-law, not your brother-in-law, not, not Mabel down the street, no, you have to talk to the people in power. And that doesn't just stop with your politicians. That's also your civic leaders, the bureaucrats, the other people that, that manage your day-to-day life through law and regulation. Those are the ones that should be afraid of us. It's not me saying that. That's what our founding father said. Politicians, government should fear the people, not the other way around. The dichotomy has been changed, Folks. Now, the people fear the government. Does that seem free to you? It doesn't seem free to me. Something's got to be done. And talking into these apps isn't doing it. You're going to have to show up. You're going, it's not just the election. The left knows that. That's why they're always in the streets. Do you think that protesting is wrong? It's your goddamn right. Men and women have fought for you to be able to go to the streets and say to your politicians, I don't like what you're doing. Stop doing that. Return my rights. Or we will do what we as Americans have the God given right to do. Not by the Constitution, we have it because it's a God given right to rule ourselves. You don't have the authority as a government to take that from me. You can try but you're going to fight on your hands. Tucker Carlson continues. I'll I'll let this ride out the rest of the way and uh, that'll be the show for today. Um, But again, if you think that we're going to return to normal, if you think that we're going to return to normal by by complaining to one another on these apps, you're wrong. What happened on January 6th was a wake-up call for politicians worldwide. That scared the shit out of all of them. If it can happen in America, it can happen anywhere, people that's why they're clamping down so hard not just here but worldwide it scared the shit out of them and that's why they've moved up the 2030 agenda they've moved it up by three years they've got to get this done they cannot lose control of america if they do they're fucked if american government is toppled by its people because they're tired of not being free it's done america is the only thing that's stopping them that's all and they're working day and night to make sure that your freedoms are going to be, well, not your freedoms anymore. Because you're more, you're more worried about how many followers you have. How many likes you got. You're not worried about the real things. Where's your next meal coming from? How much longer before you can't afford gas at all to get to work? How much longer? When, when there's no food, or there's not enough food in the grocery store, what are you going to do? These are all things that you've got to consider because it's what's happening next. It's not just my opinion. This is the opinion of of top experts around the planet. Ed Dowd just said, he doesn't expect the 2022 elections to happen either. He thinks that our system is about to crumble um, past what we saw in the depression. I agree with him. So if you're waiting for somebody to come save you, if you're waiting for somebody to, I'm trying to think of the best way to put it, to be your hero, your knight in shining armor, where you can sit on your couch and you don't have to lift a finger, you're sadly mistaken. And you're going to be one of those that are be left behind. That's what was said here recently to me. Kramer, Kramer, what did you do? What did you do? You left us. I didn't leave you. You were incapable of keeping up there's a difference. With that being said, that wraps up today's show. My name is Kramer. This is the Kramer Says Podcast. We will see you again tomorrow.
0: Get more at kramersays.com. Kramer,